0: You're listening to the Witch in the Woods podcast, Season One, Episode Four. It will never be the same.
1: Oh, my darling, oh, my darling, oh, my darling, Clementine. Please stop.
2: I'm oh, begging my darling, you, Grimalkin, please. Oh, my
1: darling, oh, my darling Are those the
2: only words you, you know? Were
1: lost and gone forever, oh, my darling Clementine. Fine.
2: You can have the rest of my breakfast.
1: Thank you.
2: Filthy beast.
1: <laughs> Ugh, yuck. What is in this? Did you put salt in this? Yes? You know I hate salt.
2: I didn't make it for you. Hey, why did you do that?
1: Because I don't want it.
2: You are on thin ice, Cat. Now my breakfast is on the floor.
1: So, dogs were meant to eat off the floor.
2: The only reason I'm going to is because I don't want to let good food go to waste.
3: Yes, Grimalkin.
1: Can I sit with you, Mamichka?
3: Of course.
1: When are you going to get rid of Barnaby so it can just be the two of us? Oh, you don't actually want me to get rid of him. Yes, I do. Let's make him live outside with the geese. Who would do the cleaning
3: if he lives outside? I know you won't.
1: Can you at least take away his ability to talk? I'm so tired of hearing his voice. Grimalkin, you really must read this ancient, boring text. It's so fascinating. Grimalkin, taste this fancy dish I made and tell me how good it is. Grimalkin, please stop leaving headless mice on my face while I sleep. You chose to come with me, knowing that he
3: would be coming, too.
1: Yeah, but it was a little hectic when we left. I didn't get a chance to think it through.
3: Would you rather have stayed? I'd rather we all had stayed. Yes. Me too.
1: Now, even when we do get to go back, it will never be the same, will it? No. I'm afraid it won't. Can we at least move from this drafty place, or use some magic to spruce it up a bit?
3: We can't risk drawing attention to ourselves. Not until I'm stronger.
1: I still think they should be the ones hiding from us. Grimalkin.
2: I just saw the children coming up to the porch. It looks like they have a whole bag of snacks.
1: Out of my way! Kids, nice to see you. Blah, blah, blah. Where's the grub?
4: Hi, Grimalkin. We brought you a really special treat today. What is it?
1: Gimme, gimme, gimme.
4: Well, my cat really likes catnip, so I thought...
2: Catnip? Oh, no.
4: What's wrong? Oh, I
1: can smell it. Where is it? It's... Here it is! Sweet, sweet catnip,
4: I've missed you so. Here we go. Did I do something wrong?
2: No, it's fine. We used to grow it for her, but she would spend all day in the garden, lolling around and singing. What's wrong with that? Her singing is awful. She would also eat everything in sight. My Mamichka cut her off after she ate her stash of meat pies.
3: Yes... They were made with a type of meat that is hard to come by.
4: Well, um, we have some sandwiches for you, Barnaby. They just have, um, normal meat.
2: Oh, goody.
4: And Rosa, Ari and I made you cookies. I tried to bring some last time, but my dumb brother ate them all.
3: They're chocolate chip. Chocolate chip?
4: (laughs) These are much too sweet.
3: Oh, gosh. You don't like sweet things? I prefer my food to be savory. Uh, next time we could bring you... I'll
4: take them! Whee! Whoa! She just took that whole bag with her. She's so fast. Wait, come back, Grimalkin. Chocolate is bad for
2: cats. She'll be fine. She's eaten much worse. Now, then, it looks like it's up to me to tell stories since Grimalkin is indisposed.
4: You were right, Barnaby. That's awful.
2: she's just getting started
3: Whoa, what'd you do? I simply took away her voice. It's only temporary. You can do that. I just did, didn't I?
2: Can we make it permanent?
3: Oh no, don't. I like it when Grimalkin talks.
2: <laughs> You're the only one.
3: I'll give it back to her when the catnip wears off. Now then. Bar and the Bay?
2: Yes. Let's get started, shall we? This one is a classic. It was a warm spring night, and Jenny and Robin rode with the windows down, enjoying the wind on their faces. They were both singing at the top of their lungs, although much better singing than we were just subjected to, as they had spent the evening in a karaoke bar.
5: Come what may!
6: May. We need to get a dance routine planned for our next karaoke night.
5: (laughs) Yeah, right. First of all, only dorks do that, and second of all, we both suck at dancing.
6: Whatever, you know you always dreamed of having an awesome routine.
5: Oh, maybe...
2: The girls laughed and sang the rest of the way to Robin's apartment. While Jenny was still in her last year of college and lived near campus, Robin had recently begun her first medical residency and had moved closer to the local hospital. Tonight was the first night the girls had been able to spend together in what felt like ages.
5: Thanks so much for the ride, Jen. Of course. I'm just glad we could finally hang out. Me too. I miss you. Oh, I miss you too. Are you sure you really want to be a doctor? (laughs) pretty sure. All right, just checking. Hope to see you soon. Ditto. Oh, I almost forgot.
6: Uh, you shouldn't take the highway back to your place. They've been doing construction at night and it's mostly shut down. It'll take you forever. Oh, shoot. Which way should I go? Just take a right out of the complex and hit Route 603. That'll take you all the way to campus.
5: Oh, okay, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay then. Good night. Drive safe.
2: Jenny pulled away and followed Robin's instructions. A few minutes later, she realized that she had to use the bathroom. Bad. Chastising herself for not noticing at Robin's apartment, she looked for a place to stop. Soon after, she saw a small gas station on the side of the road and pulled in. She quickly jumped out of her car and ran inside to use the restroom. Feeling much better, she trotted back out to her car. While the gas station had seemed like heaven when she needed to use the bathroom... It now felt creepy and isolated, and she wanted to get out of there quickly. Just as she pulled her car door open, she was startled by a man shouting at her. Hey! He was tall, with thick, muscular arms and a long beard, and he was running right toward her. Jenny realized very quickly that they were the only two people in the parking lot, and she felt tingles of fear spread throughout her body. She swiftly jumped into her car, slammed the door, and sped off. She checked her rearview mirror but didn't see him following her, and after a couple of minutes, her breathing returned to normal.
5: Jeez, Jenny, way to freak out. He probably just wanted to ask for some spare change or something.
2: Jenny shook off the encounter, chuckling a little at what the man must have thought as she sped off. She was just starting to think about what she might watch on TV when she got home, when the car behind her turned on its high beams. Light flooded her car, and looking in the rearview mirror was blinding. Jenny felt disoriented, but was able to make out a truck behind her, riding her bumper. The lights shifted back to low beams, and now that they weren't as bright, she could just make out the driver of the truck, realizing it was the man from the gas station. Jenny's heartbeat began to quicken.
5: What is he doing?
2: Jenny sped up, her eyes wide. While she was unfamiliar with this road, she knew she should be about ten minutes from campus. Ten minutes seemed both a short time and an eternity. As Jenny sped up, so did the man in the truck. She looked back and he was gesturing angrily at her, waving his fist out of his window as he continued to shout. She couldn't hear what he was saying, but she was absolutely terrified. He put his high beams on again, flooding her car with light.
5: Oh my god! Help!
2: Jenny didn't know who she was shouting to, but all that she knew was that she needed help and she needed it now. But where should she go? She didn't want to lead this lunatic to her house, so she needed somewhere public. The campus police office. Yes, if she could just make it to the parking lot, she could run inside to safety.
5: Okay, Jenny, you can do this. Drive.
2: Jenny put her foot all the way down on the gas pedal, speeding around curves, jostling out of her seat with every bump. Around one particularly sharp curve, she was forced to slow down, and as she pulled through the straightaway, she felt a bang, and her car suddenly lurched forward. The man had rammed his truck into her car, and at the speed they were going, it took everything she had to keep her car on the road. She held on to the steering wheel for dear life, struggling desperately to regain control. Now the truck was continuously flashing his lights, creating a strobe effect which made it seem like her hands were moving in slow motion. (laughs)
5: Leave me alone!
2: Jenny was screaming into the dark night, desperate. The man stayed right behind her, shouting, shaking his fist and flashing his lights. Just as Jenny thought she wasn't going to make it, she crested a hill and saw the lights of the campus ahead of her. The image gave her new energy, and she slammed her foot down, screeching around the turn that brought her onto campus. She careened into the campus police parking lot and barely took a moment to put her car in power before she was out and running into the building. The man did the same, slamming his truck into the back of her car as he too jumped out, running after her. Officers had heard the commotion and were already running outside. One of them reached out to Jenny, and she fell into his arms, weeping, as the other two restrained the man.
5: I think he's trying to kill me!
2: I am not. I was just—
5: You were shouting at me, and you flashing your lights, and you ramped. my— Okay, okay, it's all right, miss. You're safe now. Is this true, sir? Were you following this woman?
7: Yes, but I was only trying to protect her.
5: Protect me? How can you possibly claim that?
7: No, look, at the gas station there was a man and he- You
5: were the man at the gas station! You were shouting at me!
7: Yes, I was shouting at you because of the other man, the one who got into your back seat. Jenny's blood ran cold.
5: What do you mean?
7: I saw a man sneak into your back seat and I was trying to warn you. I kept flashing my lights whenever I saw him, and I was trying to tell you that- As the
2: man continued, an officer walked over to Jenny's car and opened the back door. There, crouched on the floor, was indeed another man. And in his hand was a long, gleaming knife. Whoa.
4: So she was scared of the guy flashing his lights at her, but really he was trying to save her?
2: Yes. It's a good thing he saw that man slip into her car. Otherwise, who knows what could have happened.
4: He would have sliced her up!
2: Possibly.
4: I'm always going to check my back seat before I drive.
2: It's not a bad idea. Do you want to hear a similar story?
4: There's more like that?
2: I'm sure there are lots more, but one in particular comes to mind. One dark, rainy summer night, Laura was heading to her friend's engagement party when the gaslight came on in her car, indicating that she was running low on fuel.
6: Ugh, not now.
2: She was rushing to meet her husband for the party, knowing that stopping would make her later than she already was. Still, her friend's house was twenty minutes away, and running out of gas in the rain didn't sound very appealing either. She pulled off on the next exit, frustrated that the closest gas station was a mile from the highway. She quickly pulled in and got the gas pumping, then ran inside the station. She hadn't planned to leave her car, but the overhang provided little protection from the rain. The door clanged shut behind her and she shook off her coat, smiling at the attendant, who barely lifted her eyes from the magazine she was reading behind the counter. Laura stood by the window, watching the rain pour down in sheets, noticing how the water on the ground looked shimmery from the oil that had been spilled from many cars over the years. She was lost in thought when the door banged open and a man entered, mid-conversation on the phone.
7: I know, and I was on my way when... I'm not making this up. I'm literally stuck at a gas station fifteen minutes away. Look, I I just want a ride. Can't you... I know that, but okay, okay, fine. just just please tell him I'm coming because I am. I'll get there somehow. I, I... hello Nancy? Ugh.
2: The man hung up in frustration then stood next to Laura, staring out the window and sighing.
7: <sighs> Some weather, huh? mm-hmm I seem to have the worst luck. It's not enough for my car to break down, but it's got to be raining, too.
6: Your car broke down?
7: Yeah. I was on my way to my son's birthday party. He's turning six today.
6: Oh, no, that's awful. I know how unforgiving kids can be when they're disappointed.
7: He's kind of used to being disappointed, unfortunately. I I haven't been that great of a dad. I was hoping tonight would be the night I could turn it all around. You know, be the hero with the perfect gift and all that.
6: Can someone pick you up?
7: I just called my ex-wife, but she can't leave a party with a bunch of kids at the house. I was hoping she might send someone else, but I don't think she believes my story. I'm sorry. I just hate that I'm so close, you know? I travel a lot for work, and I had to take a red-eye flight to make sure I was back in time. I've been traveling since dinner yesterday.
6: Jeez, you must be exhausted.
7: Yeah, I can barely keep my eyes open. What brings you out in such a rotten night?
6: I'm on my way to my friend's engagement party in Martinsville.
7: Martinsville? Really? That's where my ex-wife and son live. Where in Martinsville?
6: They're in that new neighborhood near the 7-Eleven.
7: Oh, this is such a coincidence. They live in the same neighborhood. Really? Gosh, I hate to ask, but do you think you could possibly give me a ride? I know that's awkward.
6: Oh. Um well,
7: I know you don't know me, but I promise I'll be a model passenger. I'll even sit in the back if that would make you feel more comfortable. And of course, I'll pay you for the ride.
6: Oh, no, you don't you don't have to do that. It's just that I'm running late for my friend's
7: party, so I can leave right now. I'm late too, so I won't even judge you if you want to speed. <laughs>
6: Okay. Sure, I I can give you a ride. Oh,
7: thank you so much. You're a lifesaver.
2: The man followed Laura out to her car, both of them attempting to dash in between the raindrops. He put his briefcase in her back seat, then hopped in, shaking the rain off his hair.
7: Oh, wait. I forgot to leave my keys with the attendant. There's a tow truck on the way. I'll be right back.
6: Oh, but...
2: The man jumped out of the car and ran back into the gas station. Laura tapped her fingers anxiously on the steering wheel, glancing between the door to the gas station and the clock. She saw the man speaking with the attendant, but it seemed to be taking longer than just giving the woman the keys. Ugh,
6: oh, come on!
2: It had been several minutes since the man had run back inside, and Laura couldn't even see him anymore. She thought about running back inside to check on him, but as she had her hand on the door handle, she got a text from her husband. Everyone is asking where you are. Are you close?
6: On. My. Way.
2: Laura texted back as she took one last look around the gas station for the man. She felt awful leaving him, but she had told him she was in a hurry and she had waited much longer than she had wanted to. Besides, she had felt a little uncomfortable having a man she didn't know in her car, even though his story was touching. She hoped he would find a different way to his son's party, and she sped off into the night. On her way, the storm passed, and she rolled down her windows to let in the cool night air. When she pulled up to the party, she parked her car behind her husband's and texted him to let him know that she had arrived. She was adjusting the rearview mirror to check her makeup, when she caught sight of the man's briefcase in her back seat. Oh, no. She realized that she had completely forgotten that he'd put it in her car before she drove away. She jumped out and grabbed the briefcase, wondering what to do. Her husband walked out to greet her, and she explained what had happened on her way to the party.
6: I feel so bad. I think he had his son's gift in there. Should I go back to the gas station?
7: Why don't we open it? Maybe there's a phone number or his address inside?
6: Oh, that's a good idea.
2: Laura propped the briefcase up on the back of her trunk and popped it open. She was expecting to see papers or pens, maybe a laptop or a wrapped gift. But what she saw instead made her blood run cold. The only thing the briefcase contained was a large hunting knife. What do you think?
4: I think he was. I think he was waiting for someone to offer him a ride so he could slice them up. Or maybe he was planning to kill his ex-wife.
3: Why did she feel like she had to give him a ride? She didn't really sound like she wanted to.
2: She was trying to be polite.
4: Well, I think that's dumb. Like, it was nice of her and all, but my mom always says that if you get a bad feeling about someone, that it's okay to be rude and just get away from them.
3: What would you have done?
4: I would have just said, I'm sorry, I can't give you a ride because I really have to get to my friend's party. I would have just run out of the gas station and taken off like, SCREAM! You wouldn't help someone who was in trouble? Not if they had a knife in their briefcase! Yeah, but you wouldn't have known that at first. Well, then I would have just punched him in the face once he brought out the knife. Like, KABOW! You're scared of your little brother because he takes karate, but you're gonna fight off a guy with a knife?
3: Sure thing.
4: Whatever. I would totally win. I still say just don't give him a ride in the first place. Stop the problem before it even starts. Now I'm also going to avoid stopping at gas stations in the rain. Actually, I don't think I'll ever learn to drive. Sounds safer to just keep getting rides from my mom. Yeah, okay, Olivia. You're gonna get a ride from your mom to your wedding? Maybe.
3: Okay, children. That's enough for today. We have some chores to attend to.
4: Hey, Grimalkin's back!
3: I think
1: she's trying to say something. Oh,
4: you know what I mean? Let's all
1: go camping. We'll get a tent and make a campfire and roast s'mores and just like really get to know each other, you know?
2: Grimalkin, have you ever even been camping? It involves sleeping on the ground, outside.
1: I love the mountains. I love the rolling hills. I love
2: the Okay, flowers. that's it. You're going outside. I love the-
1: but was, I love
4: the fireside. Barnaby, is she okay?
2: She'll be fine. She wanted to go camping, remember?
4: I'm gonna go check on her. Bye, Rosa. Bye, Barnaby. Bye.
2: Naomi, hold on a second. Yes? I know you're disappointed that Mamichka didn't like the cookies.
4: Oh, well, it's okay. I just wanted to bring her something, too.
2: I know she appreciated the gesture, If you want to bring her something she really likes, she goes crazy for peroshki. She hasn't had any since Grimalkin ate through her stash.
4: What is that?
2: It's a type of meat hand pie.
4: Okay, I'll look it up. Thanks, Barnaby.
2: You're welcome. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Me too. I say we keep Grimalkin outside for a week or so. That should give her time to return to normal.
3: I thought you didn't like her normal.
2: It's better than when she's had catnip. Hmm. It was nice of them to bring you some cookies. <laughs> they're trying, Mamička.
3: If you ask me, they're starting to feel a little too comfortable here.
2: Isn't that what we want? We need for them to be comfortable here. To trust us.
3: Yes, but I'm not used to having return visitors. I hope it's worth it.
2: It is. I can tell just by looking at you. It's already working. Oh no, she's back. Oh, thank goodness. Thank you, Mamichka.
3: Oh, maybe you're right. She might have to spend a few nights outside.
2: Oh, Grimalkin, I've got some news for you. Thank you for listening to the Witch in the Woods Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe and follow us on social media at The Witch in the Woods Pod.
0: The Witch in the Woods Podcast is a zombie burrito production and was written and executive produced by Becky McLaughlin. Season one was directed by Michael Ackerman and stars Maddox Butler, Riley Meehan, Krin McLaughlin, Astoria McLaughlin. Becky McLaughlin, John Fur, Caitlin Stafford, and Emily Emerson. High Beams was directed by Becky McLaughlin and Mike Burke, and features the voice talents of Janelle Fuller as Jenny, Sarah Jenkins as Robin, Caleb Cabinis as the man, and Sarah Butner as the officer. Sound design and editing by Becky McLaughlin with sounds from zapsplat.com. The briefcase was directed and audio designed by Caleb Cabanis and features the voice talents of Sarah Jenkins as Laura, Michael Ackerman as the man, and Chris Cohen as husband. Edited by Becky McLaughlin with sounds from zapsplat.com. The theme music for Season 1 was created by Ken Ashford. Thank you for listening, and a huge thank you to our Patreon subscribers, Billy and Lynn Hill, Rob Taylor, Sarah Bowers, and Kristin Machado, we are so grateful for your support.